You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. I think, but I'm not 100% certain that we might be ready to start. Okay. Well, I, thought, I thought you said you weren't 100% good at thinking. I'm not. I'm only like okay. 50% there because I had a lobotomy earlier this week. But anyway, okay. folks, we will get started with Geekiest Show Ever 175. episode. And you heard a different voice in there besides... Uh, uh, Mike McPeak and Mark didn't have any type of surgery. That is, Miss Elisa Paselli is back with us this week. How are you doing, Elisa? Well, I'm losing out on some beauty rest. You don't need it's it, young it's lady. Kinda, it's kind of <laughs> late. However, because of that, I feel that I should get 10,000 geek points taken away from Mark. Uh, actually, I was thinking more like 35,000. Okay. We're good. We'll award them. And just for good measure, we'll give Peter... And uh, Tim Chatton, we'll throw them some geek points. And uh, uh, Dorothy Yamamoto, we, I mean, she's had a great conversation this week. We'll take $100 million away from Mark and give to her. So <laughs> I that, agree. That Dorothy deserves them. Dorothy's the, the geek of the geeks. So there we go. We'll, we'll let it go with that. But uh, other than losing sleep, how have you been? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. How about you, Mr. McPeak? Oh, not bad. But you know what they say, I'd rather have a frontal, uh, a bottle in front of me than have a frontal lobotomy. So there we go. I had both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably, one probably explains the other. So, okay. Yep, sure did. I, I tell you the other day at work, I, my brain was racing around, and one of the guys that works with me, or works for me, he doesn't know me as well, and uh, hasn't worked for me that long. I said He said he had to go do something. I said, would you stop by the... Uh, medical office up there and asked if they can do an emergency lobotomy and he went what (laughs) he said what what are you talking about i said i just need a quick lobotomy it won't take that long just put a straw in my ear and blow that's all it'll take (laughs) yeah see the people that i work with well they're they're starting to know me and they just kind of shake their head and go sure mike whatever (laughs) yeah yeah because it was one of those days where i think if if uh Brains were dynamite. I wouldn't have had enough to blow my nose the way things mm-hmm. were going that day. Yeah. We've well, all the, had those days. Yes. yes that's well, true. The, the other custodian at work, he actually gets my humor sometimes. And I say, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. We haven't started out the show correctly. Yeah. To all the listeners, we're sorry. Yes. <laughs> we haven't apologized in a couple of weeks. So, Well, I'm sorry. I can be a sorry group. I don't know. Well, we'll let Lisa set her own precedent here. Yes, that's true. We, we we won't hold Lisa to our low standards yet. <laughs> I'm already there. It's too late. Okay, well, you're down with us. So another 5,000 geek points for just coming down to our level. Right, right. I'm winning. <laughs> yes, you are. You're coming out well on that. And, and speaking of geekery, folks, I bought something. There's a shocker. Another thumb drive? <laughs> no. Hey, let me turn it on here so that we can see it. And oh, good Lord, put that away. Oh, no. No, it's not that. <laughs> I'll turn us on. Okay. No, it's something different. I'll hold this up so Mike and Elisa can see it, and they'll know what it is, I think, immediately. Okay. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's okay. an Android phone, folks. I didn't have to Google that. Nope. It's, uh, and, and I said when I tweeted this out, I said, don't hate me. I do have to carry two phones. And I thought, well, since I need another cheap second phone, and I'll give a little bit more story on that in a second, I thought, eh, let's go to the dark side and give it a mm. shot. So this is a Alcatel one-touch pop icon, and it's got a five-inch screen. It was $119 contract-free. Mm. So I couldn't resist. Yeah. No, that's not bad. 
no, it's uh, it's not a bad phone. I, you know, all right, to the Android fans out there, I'll apologize up front. I like it, but it just doesn't fit my brain yet. I have a hard time figuring out certain things, even though I use a lot of Google products. It doesn't work the way my brain thinks Google's supposed to work, or maybe it's tainted by iOS. Mm. I'm, well... Good. Well, you know, for the for the sake of the show, you know, I, that's why I have four tablets. I'm, I've got my uh, my iOS tablet or my iPad. I've got uh, a Fire tablet, but I also have that Windows tablet I talked about, and my uh, uh, Android uh, Nvidia tablet. So, yeah, I've got them all. And there is, you know, I I do like well, I like both. Um, iOS seems to function a little better, a little smoother. Because um, it's you know it's kind of made to work together, whereas Android it's made to work for on different platforms. So um, you know when you go for the broader base like that, you're going to have some issues on speed and and things like that. Um, but you know there are things in there. The one thing I do like about my Android tablet is I use LastPass as a password manager, and in Android it can be incorporated right in. So within an app itself, it will pop up and say, "We see you have LastPass. Would you like for us to paste the uh, password from LastPass into this app?" And I go, "Yes, please." Whereas you have to do the you know the kind of the two finger jingle there with uh, iOS, where you open up LastPass and you copy your password, then you open up your other app and then you uh, uh, copy and paste your password uh, into there and do it that way. And just to have the whole integrated um, you know one or two tap things for logging in is a lot nicer. Now I realize there's going to be the the security people out there screaming, well, you know, key logger, the potential for, you know, sharing your password like that. But, I mean, sometimes convenience, right or wrongly, triumphs uh, over, uh, you know, security. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm still getting used to it. I'm a weekend. Uh, this is a secondary phone, and it gets used like a secondary phone. It's a pay-as-you-go type of phone. Um, but, you know, it, it has some interesting features. I haven't figured out how to turn off some of the notifications, and the only Twitter client that I can find that halfway works on here is the Twitter native client, the one that they make, and I don't like it. I'm still it's it's it doesn't seem intuitive. I'm used to Tweetbot, and all the other Twitter clients that I have tried so far on it all demand location services be turned on. I'm going no. You don't mm. need my location just for me to send a tweet, folks. Mm. You know, just send the tweet. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know what's available for that. And, you know, nothing really uh, quite holds a candle to TweetBot because, I mean, that's the one thing that uh, I still, the only place I read my tweets is on my Mac is because I got TweetBot for the Mac there and Tweet. And the nice thing I like about that is because it'll sync between the different apps be it iOS or uh, Mac, and so it'll always update my uh, where I'm uh, at as far as reading tweets. I do like that. But the one that I think, and I haven't explored them all, but I like Plume for uh, Android. That's tr- not too bad. I tried that, but it demands location services oh, turned on. right. Okay. And that's, and that's why I said no. Well, and I guess I, you know, um, maybe I should be more concerned than I am. I really don't care if people know where i am because well you know the thing is i never quite lost because there's always somebody telling me where i'm at but or where to go <laughs> um but you know i guess i'm not concerned about that so i mean yeah if you throw that in there it, it may narrow down your field quite a bit i suppose 
Yeah, and and I do, and, and and folks, this is the true with iOS apps. I turn off location services. There's just it just weirds me out that these applications feel they need to know where you're at and position you and all that and store. I mean, in the phone, when I take pictures with my iPhone, there's no GPS data stored with the pictures. I don't feel the need to have that. And I don't know how you guys feel about that sort of thing, but I'm just. I don't like the location services. I don't, and I also don't use it for mapping. I don't use my iPhone, and I won't use this. I figure out where I'm going before I go. I don't use a GPS system. I don't use a mapping application or anything like that. I'm just weird that way, I guess. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll just let that one lay there. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess you know. I guess. I have no shame, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I guess, and you know, maybe if I ever get a stalker, I might change my mind or some reason, but for the most part, I figure I'm boring and people don't care. So, um, and you know, as far as that, I'm, uh, if I'm going to get ads, I guess, you know, if, or, you know, that's one reason for, you know, location based, I guess I is targeted advertising. I guess I'd rather get ads targeted towards me than, um, you know, I, I would rather have the, my products narrowed down because I certainly don't want to see like diaper ads or anything like that because hopefully that ship has sailed. But I would rather see. It'll yes. come back. It'll come back. Though. Oh, shut up. No, I, no, my mom was 45 years old and she had me and I was one of those, you're going to have a what, baby? But no, 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 no. Hopefully that ship, you know, that the port is closed down, been drained and everything else. Um, but, you know, I if I'm going to see ads, I guess I would ad, rather see something that I'm at least interested in. Uh, that way Amazon can just suck more money out of me. But, uh, you know, I, I'd rather see the stuff I care about. Well, see, the location services depends on the app you're using. Right. I have some on, some like I'm looking, I've got at bat turned on, which has to be turned on because if I want to watch certain games, cert, like I live in Yankee country, so I can't watch a Yankee game on my phone because oh, okay. this is Yankee country. Mm-hmm. So, you but, know, if, but if you want to watch the Sox. Exactly. I, okay. I can't, as long as they're not playing the Yankees. Okay. But in that case, I can watch it on TV. Right. So if I wanted to watch, you know, the Miami Marlins. They're not in my area, so I can watch that, but I have to have location turned on for that. And I have things like AAA turned on, uh, weather apps. Obviously, they're not going to do you any good mm-hmm. if, the, right. if it's not on. Why well, put the uh, locations in the weather apps? I right. input them so it doesn't track. Well, I have things like dark sky. Mm-hmm. Oh, So oh. it lets me know when it's going to rain or snow. Right. Or if there's a storm coming. Mm. So it has to have my location in order to do that. But it's not like it's sharing it. That's true. You know, that's just for me. Right. Anything that's involving sharing, like Facebook, Twitter, I have it turned off unless I go into the app and choose at that moment, hey, I'm here. Right. And usually the way I do it on Facebook is I might say, I'm, I don't know, I'm at the Empire, you know, Empire State Building now. Right. Well, yeah, because I, I know uh, when I've gone places a few years ago, I, I put out a tweet that got a bunch of people saying, I said, wow, I finally got cell service. Amazing how I had no cell service 225 feet below ground. And people are going, what? <laughs> I'd been, the, the area I live in, folks, the Shenandoah Valley of Northern, of Virginia, there's a lot of cat caverns that you can go exploring. You can, and they're open to the public and you take tours. And we happened to go to one that's, uh, uh, the deepest point we got down to is about 222 or 225 feet below ground, which is kind of surreal. When I came back up, I went, that was way down in the damn ground. 
and we were right under a fault line. They showed the fault line where um, uh, that earthquake that hit the uh, uh, eastern United States a few years back. You could see right where the fault line ran through this cavern. It was kind of neat. But a lot of people, when I tweet out, go, where in the hell have you been that you were 225 feet below ground? Okay, Kevin, just remember one thing. Another name for caverns is graves. This is true. This right. is true. Practicing. Practicing. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've gone out to the Black Hills, and we there are caves out there, and uh, I've gone through them because actually, you know, a little quick family thing here, we're way off topic, but my dad worked in Wind Cave National Park in the 1930s as part of the WPA project. So we went out there. Uh, I never got to go out there with him as a kid, but my uh, family and uh, my wife and kids and I went out there to see some of the stuff that my dad did. So, yeah, I get the cave thing, the, the spelunking and, you know, uh, exploring. And, you know, I'm I'm more than willing to stick my head in a hole and just to see what's in there. So, Well, now, see, these are the type. This is like, uh, I don't know if either of you have heard of something called Sky. Line Caverns, which is a huge, it's 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 a big attraction here in the Shenandoah Valley, where it's I want to say it's a it's a mile long trail that goes down and around and through the caverns and comes back out. And you walk by stalactites, stalact. I mean, it's a public thing. I mean, you actually pay to go in and do this. Um, and there's the Shenandoah Caverns, Skyline Caverns. Um, I can't remember. There's like several of them. Uh, that you can go through, and this is one of, and this was probably one of the smallest ones I've been through because I'm not a tall person. I'm a, just about five foot eleven, but this one was in places tight enough that I'm ducking down way down to get underneath the rocks and stuff like that. And normally I'm claustrophobic, but there weren't a lot of people in there, so it didn't bother me too much. Um, but yeah, you were ducking down, and some places it was you had to go in single file and come back out single file, and my shoulders were rubbing the walls as I was walking through in a couple of places because it was, it was narrow and tight. Well, and as you say that, then I just had this memory of when I was a, uh, in high school, uh, a bunch of us, uh, future farmer of America's off officers went out to the black Hills for a officer getaway. And we're going through a cave and we're going through one where we, we yeah, like you said, we're bent over and we're walking single file and the guy ahead of me cuts one. Oh, good Lord, was that an experience. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of air circulation no. in the cave. Oh, my no. God. But, you know, we've established one thing. Obviously, we don't know the difference between Android and a hole in the ground, because I think <laughs> we started off talking about Android. So. That, that's exactly the point. Good, that, yeah. Perfect. The You know, the other thing, too, that's weird to me is the native email app on it. It it doesn't seem very intuitive. I don't know if either uh, – Mike, you might have mm-hmm. used it. Elisa, I don't oh, yeah. know if you have no. or not. No. It's just because uh, you have to, when I open a, an email and look at it, to me that's red, okay? Right. No, it doesn't mark it as red always. And if I want to delete it, you have to touch the little icon. It turns it from an icon to a check mark, and then you tell it to delete. It's just weird. It doesn't It doesn't mm. make sense to the way my, I mean, and I use Outlook. Come on, folks. <laughs> Microsoft Outlook, I use it. Not on my iOS devices, but I use it. So, I mean... You know, if I can use it, I can use anything. <laughs> uh, I had something. Um, I guess I got Gmail on here. I don't know if I yeah, that's used what to. I, that's what I'm talking about, the Gmail oh, okay. app. Okay. Um, no, I got Gmail on here. and uh, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm used to using, uh, I guess when I sit down to do it, I, I do it on the Mac with uh, iOS, or not iOS, but um, 
the OS uh, OS 10 mail program, and because uh, that kind of puts it all together. Yeah, the uh, Gmail app, uh, or even when you do the uh, uh, Gmail on the web, they have it broke down into your. And I guess it can be helpful, but I just don't pay a lot of attention. You got your social category, your promotions, and your updates category, yeah. whatever other ones you want to do. Uh, and I don't know. Sometimes I just want to see what's come in. I don't uh, necessarily always want it filtered. Yeah, and I'm getting a, a lot of alerts from like uh, G Plus and stuff like that. I can't find out how the frick to turn them off. <laughs> I've been going through trying to find some. Like, I don't want these alerts. Oh, I think you can do it right within the group that you're in. I think so. There's yeah, like but, a there's but, a little there's but a I little don't normally, but I don't normally get the alerts in anything else that I have G plus app loaded on. Oh, you mean just on your Android? Yes. Oh. Hmm. I know about turning them off in G plus. Right. Yeah. But okay. It, but for some, I, I'll figure it out eventually. I just again I haven't had as much time to play hmm. with it um, as I would like to. Uh, one and, of the other advantages that this thing offers too is this is on CDMA. Where my iPhone's AT and T on GSM, so right. it gives me a chance to see both networks and how they okay. work both back and forth. So that's a that's another advantage right. to this. So, you know, it's an experiment yet. Um, it's got a cool flashlight app. It's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. And the thing about Android, uh, you know, and Google in general, they're engineers, and sometimes their design looks like it was by an engineer. Uh, you, you can have a depth of um, uh, customization in there or uh, things which and then you're trying to or settings and you're trying to find the one that you want to fix or change or whatever and it'll drive you a little nuts that's the thing that kind of drove me a little nuts about my google tv which i do in theory really like um but to try and get in there to use it sometimes the interface can be a little wonky and uh, try and get into your settings to change something or another it's and I'm not saying iOS has moments too where you kind of scratch your head and they put that where, um, but uh, just something about Google's and Androids in particular, they can be m- more obtuse than potentially necessary. Well, I think that has to do, you know, uh, to me, Android tries to be very open and free yes. more than iOS is, right. and that's a positive and it's a negative. It's it's both. <laughs> right. So. You know. If you're somebody like me that likes to sit there and fiddle and tweak and I want to change this and that and oh I found the setting for what is this oh crap what did I just do you know I can go off on one of those um, you know around the bend moments where I've just you know effed up everything and I need to start over again uh, so maybe that's why I do like iOS because sometimes they do limit how much you can do and <laughs> and which means how much you can you know screw things up but, yeah exactly and one of the things interesting this phone Alcatel doesn't put. A lot on top of Android. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a pretty. It's it's fairly close to what like a Nexus uh, phone would be, uh, but they do have one interesting thing. As I showed you, it looks like a regular Android phone with the icons and stuff. But they have something you can turn on called Simple Mode. And uh, yes, I agree that Simple Mode's fine. Go back. And Simple Mode makes the. If I don't know if you guys can see it, then the icons become extremely large. And you only have one or two screens. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Uh, it's 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 like, hey, idiot! You know, you can't miss these. <laughs> Tap here. Or old fart. Yeah. You, or you for can kids. Find your glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could. That's... Yeah, and then when you go, and then when you oh, want to yeah, look yeah. at anything else, then it gives you a. They're just gigantic icons, and you click the more, and you just kind of scroll down through it. So. 
Okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and now I hit, I, I have Mark echoing in my head about the Fisher Price uh, uh, interface. Look. Yes, but you know sometimes there's, I I don't have a problem with that because um, sometimes I like the G Wiz Wow, but sometimes simpler is a little little better. Yeah, uh, fortunately I'm not so old and so stupid yet that I need that. But uh, and I'm not yeah. insulting people that want it. And I yeah I did use the word yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, you say you're not stupid yet, or you're not old enough yet. Yes. Both, both. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's an interesting interface, and the reason I got this is because I finally broke down and let my oldest child have a phone. Mm. Um, I haven't let 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 them have uh, cell phones because I didn't really want to pay the bill. Mm. Um, but mm. I finally broke down and did it. So that you know that in, in pushed me. I said, okay, here's a chance I can play with Android, I get a new phone. The other phone I had didn't work good at my office for some reason. I don't know whether the uh, AT&T signal is not the greatest in my office building where I work. So I thought, well, let's try CDMA. This phone has a little bit stronger antenna, you know, pushes a little bit more signal, so it works better. So, you know, it's it's an experiment, folks. You know, it's it's I have to carry two phones, and I don't want to go into all the reasons why, but... I just do. It's it's not necessarily by choice, but it is something I have to do. So, hey. well, you're you're doing it for the greater geekery of it all. This is true. We can go with yes. that. That I'm doing it to the benefit the geeks, and you know, for the slim chance that I can make Mark jealous, and because he has no Android devices, <laughs> <laughs> so he's so he because he keeps hollering about the Fisher Price interface on iOS. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It was, I, I should buy him one of these and turn it into simple mode, lock it, and send it to him. <laughs> Just to drive him crazy. No comment. Uh, and But no, people, we do this for you. Every time we buy a gadget, it's not to satisfy our lust and uh, uh, techno uh, curiosity. We do it for you. That's true. And then, of yes. course, I immediately had to buy phone cases for it. Oh, of course, accessorize. Yes, I have to accessorize the accessory. But actually, I got them pretty cheap. I found two cases... Uh, on uh, Amazon, uh, one of them was seven ninety nine, and the other one was uh, $8.29. One of them has the one that's on here right now has the kind of OtterBox mm. look to it. It's kind of rigid. And the other one's more just a, a rigid case. I, I decided to switch out and change because I carried one. Because I carry my phone in the breast pocket of my shirt. So I want to see how well that works. So I'm trying both. This might be the travel case. And the other one might be my daily driver type of case. Well, yeah, you know, like we'd never buy anything on Amazon, but I mean, it is a good place for because <laughs> I got this is for my iPhone. It's the the book book type case. It you know it'll fold shut like that with a little flap on, but it'll cover it up because <clears throat> you know, like I said before, job my job is custodian. Um, I wear my uh, my I have my phone in my little pouch over there, but it is uh, especially with summer coming on now it'll be dirty and dusty and we'll be doing projects and I just want something that'll kind of protect the case a little bit and um, and the screen and just kind of keep it looking good. And I did and I did have an otter box on there. I just want something that um, because if I want to put this in like a charging stand, the bottom is free, so I can put it in something. Or if I want to, I can pop it out of here 
fairly easy. The outer box was kind of a procedure. You had to pop the rubber box off and then separate the two plastic pieces. It was secure. It kept it good and everything. But, you know, if you needed to get to the phone for a different reason, or I had a charging cable, it wouldn't quite reach through the the case, uh, the outer uh, outer box case. So I just wanted something different. I wanted a, a change. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I haven't tried. Yeah, I did try to chart. Yeah, this has a pretty good opening. This uses a mini USB or micro USB, I guess it is, to charge. Yes. Uh, and this case has a pretty good size opening for that. And the other reason I had the cases open was because you can put micro SD storage inside these. So I stuck a micro SD card in here to increase the storage because I think it only came with four or eight gigs of internal storage. So I stuck, I don't remember what size card I stuck in here, but you know. Right. Well, and then, you know, um, I guess I bought a few accessories uh, this last week for my uh, Windows uh, tablet. I got my uh, HP uh, stream. I bought a micro USB to USB 2 adapter, and then I bought a USB to Ethernet adapter. So this way I can plug in, and I can plug it into the micro SD port on there. So if I want to download a bunch of stuff, I can plug it in directly to the Ethernet and download it. So I don't have to try and uh, download things over Wi-Fi, which can be a little slower sometimes. Yeah, sure. Lisa, do you use cases on your stuff? I have right here. This is a Mac Alley. You can see Uh, that? Yep. It just—it's basically a bumper. Uh, th- see, that's what I thought about getting for because that's what I used to use on my four. Was just a—I used to get these bumpers off Amazon that were. It depended on the time I ordered them. They ranged from ninety-nine cents up to a dollar sixty-nine, I think, depending on the the cost. So that, that's for my iPad. This is a Kensington case. You can put a Bluetooth keyboard right here, uh, which I really, which I really don't do. I just use it like this. Mm-hmm. You know, to watch Game of Thrones on the HBO app, yes. <laughs> watch videos and such. But I've been using this since uh, about two and a half years now, ah. and I bought it on Amazon. Yes, well, that's where I buy. Like, and all my tablets have you know cases, and this is my uh, Nvidia. But this has got the one where you can fold it back, and it makes a little stand so I can prop it up if I'm gaming or whatever. And it's got a little place for a, a stylus. All of the the NVIDIA tablet has a built-in stylus. I've got this one here uh, if I want to use it, too. But I, I put a case on all my stuff there just because I throw out my book bag sometimes when I go to school. And I just want it protected because I've got tools in there. I've got all kinds of crap. Um, I, I'm a just-in-case person. I have everything in there just-in-case. So I've got... <laughs> tools i've got uh different electrical components i have a cable so like uh, if somebody needs to hook up uh, the the pa system in the gym is a mono cable so i have a stereo to mono cable adapter from and it's a quarter inch mono adapter so it goes from there to a stereo eighth inch stereo uh uh, cable so because we've had more than one person has come in there and just plug a stereo cable into the mono there and then you end up only hearing on some songs you only hear one channel and it drives you a little nuts and so i make sure i always have that there because um you know the ordinary people of the world who don't take the time to figure this stuff out goes why doesn't this sound right and so i have to explain it to them so sometimes it's easier just for me to have this stuff handy than to depend upon i don't depend upon people that's yeah no well the, the see my iPhone six I have just a, it's like a piece of uh, 
clear silicon that's rubbery. I don't know how to describe it around it. And then in my iPad, I have the Apple leather full case, the one that has the smart cover. It's the whole case uh, around it. And where did I buy that? Amazon. <laughs> because well. the local freaking Best Buy couldn't manage to get them in. <laughs> Ass wipes. Um, I'm sorry. Ass wipes. The, uh, but, could, you, uh, could you repeat that? What was that? Nice people. Oh, okay. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, because like I said, my iPhone 4, I just had what you have, Lisa. It's just basically a bumper around it. It was a knockoff of the Apple bumpers that I got. As I said, I'd order them. They they didn't last more than six or eight months. Well, that's fine. At 99 cents. Do you know how many of those I could buy for what Apple charged for the damn bumpers back when you got could get them? Yep. Yeah, I think this was, I bought, this was my review copy for my Mac. Uh-huh. I think it ten bucks. I think is how much it was. Yeah. Well, you know, I always take Doctor Ruth's advice and always put a cover on it. So uh, <laughs> protection is always important. People, you know. Always, well, maybe she. Maybe she wasn't talking about tablets. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's good all around device. It's a universal rule. Yes. There you go. Cover it always. It's always mm-hmm. a good device. It's always good advice. Mm-hmm. I have something else I can say, but I'm not going to. Oh, at least I can. I can. Not going to. I can see the wheels turning. I can see them. Folks. I have. I have an all male family, so. <laughs> and that's why we like you. You're. You, we think alike. You got to be scared. So. Yeah. Yes, that's that's why she fits in so well with us here. Um, but talking. Oh, go ahead. I said I bought something new too. I forgot about. Oh, what's that? Well, it's good and bad. <laughs> oh. I bought this. Oh, well, this coming Wednesday will be two weeks. This is a Wink, a, a Wink Hub, Wink Hub for home automation. Oh, oh. The reason I bought it, I'm not really into the home automation. You know, I have no problem turning my lights on and off <laughs> by myself. And we have one lamp that's been on a timer, one of those manual timers that you just adjust. You say, you know, turn on at this time, turn off at this time that we've been using for like 30 years. Still works. Ain't broke. Don't fix it. But we're going on a trip. And I said, you know, I want to be able to turn the outside lights on and off when we're not here. So I looked into the wink. This hub is $50 at Home Depot. The only place you can buy, you can buy them on their website. You can buy them. I think, I believe the only retail store you can go to is Home Depot. If you want to go to a physical box store. The light that I used was $25. It's a GE outdoor spotlight, floodlight. So I bought two of those at $25. Uh-huh. So then you, you download the app, and then it, what you do is you set up some software on the Wink, and then it pairs with the light, and it tells you how to do it right on the app. It says, okay, now do this, do this, do this, boom, you're paired. And what's really cool is you can use the app, and what I did is I made like left light, right light, and then you can increase and decrease the the um, not I was gonna say the volume, the uh, brightness. Uh-huh. So if you want to dim it, if you want to make turn on one but not the other for some reason, so that part was really cool. You can schedule it so you can say turn this on at seven o'clock p.m., turn it off at eleven o'clock p.m. And I'm playing with it, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to put this on a schedule and I'm going to watch and I'm going to make sure that at 7 o'clock I look outside and at 11 o'clock I'm going to look outside and make the lights start, the lights turned off. 
So last Saturday, I have them scheduled. Nothing. Nothing happens. Okay. There's a little blue light right here. The blue light was on. I said, okay, this is working. The blue light's on. Nothing happens. I open up my app. I'm hitting buttons. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Like, what the heck? So I kind of deleted the schedule and just went and turned the light on on the switch. You know, turned the light off because you have to keep your light switch on. Right. Turned the light switch off, turned it back on, which kind of overrode the wink system and turned my lights on. And I called them like, what's you know, to see what's going on. And as I'm waiting on hold, I hear a message saying that it, the whole system was borked. Oh, wow. It, what had happened was the wink was so secure that they had forgotten to update, I think, a, certi- a security certificate. And as a result, everybody's wink hubs did not work anymore. Ooh, so, they so did a Google. So what you're, what you what you're saying is they winked out. They winked out, yep. <laughs> so, but no, okay. so by the time I heard this message, somebody <laughs> came on the line. And he was like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. So what they're doing is they are sending a box so I can mail it back. And they're going to fix it and then mail it back to me. You can't update the... Well, here's the thing. You can update yourself. They sent you directions. Right. It's basically changing some settings within OpenDNS. The reason why I'm not doing it is because I have a more current airport, and the directions that they give you are from the last airport. They're not current versions. Oh. And I'm not sure, because when you look at the pictures, they're not the same as what my Mm. airport looks like. And I'm just a little worried that it might Mm. not work exactly the way it's supposed to. And on top of that, I don't have the time to go back Mm. and try to fix it. Yeah, well, and it's brand new. I mean, it, right. you would, it would be different if you'd had it for like two or three months or maybe, you know, even six months and it quit working after their certificate expired. Yeah, and I don't have time. Like you said, it, I, could, I could easily go in and change those DNS settings, but if something happens where it doesn't work and my whole internet falls down, I just don't have the time right now to play with it and get it up and running again. So I said, I'm just going to send this back and... You know, they're giving people a $50 gift certificate. Oh, wow. You know, to use. Oh. And they're giving, but they're giving them codes, and everybody is getting their own special code. Mm. So, well, at yeah. least they're standing behind it and, and correcting it, it and throwing you a, a bone for your, your uh, problem. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you read, read things online, some people are screaming, you know, mm. I just bought this and it broke and blah, 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 and this is a piece of garbage and da, 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 da. But like you said, Mike, yeah, they screwed up. And yes, this is a real hassle. Mm. This is a pain. It's taken mm. them a week to get me a box because mm. I called them on Sunday. Mm. Actually, I went online and filled out the information on Sunday, and I'm not getting the box till till Monday. You know, mm. eight days later, I'm going to send it immediately by UPS, and then by the time they get it back and send it back to me, I'll be on my vacation. Well, no. Will they send you mm. back the same one, or will they send you one? Same one. Okay. No, they're going into them somehow. They're they're going to go into each unit and update it. Hmm. So I figure, well, when I get it back, as long as it's working correctly, right, it's all good. Because I like the idea of you know you, you know you go out during the day, you don't come home until after dark, and you're going into a dark house, dark driveway. I like the idea of being able to open up my app and go, okay, lights turn on, and then when you get home, the lights are on. Well, I 
I do like the idea of home automation, but I figure it's just one more way for me to piss off my wife uh, because her and I have differing opinions on, you know, I like this stuff. And, you know, it's so easy. Just do this. And uh, and she has the silly notion that she wants to go in the house and flick her finger up and turn the lights on, you know, or something along that line or just be able to push a button and watch TV and not have to, you know, you know, you turn on your TV and then you, you make sure your Roku is on. And, you know, you know, yeah, she has the silly notion. Things should always be simple. Uh, that's boring. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I think she keeps me grounded with the real world. Otherwise, I probably would be off there in La La Land. So, oh, uh, oh, she, oh yeah, spouses will do will, are very good at keeping you grounded. <laughs> I had to. We had to side note. We got a, a new deck umbrella, one of those canter cantilevering umbrellas, and uh, the my wife had gotten it, and it was talking about how you weight it down because it needs to be weighted in a certain way. And it, everybody said, "Oh, simplest way to do it is this, this." And I'm sitting down there sketching out this design on how I'm going to anchor it and do all this and something this. And that should really just go buy the papers and stick on it like they say. <laughs> That's all yeah. you have to That's do. That's not fun. No, no, no. no. I, had, I, had to, I had to, you know, and, and Mike was talking about engineers. My degree's in engineering, folks. <laughs> I'm a civil uh-huh. engineer by degree. And I can screw up more in five minutes than you can build in 20 years. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Well, and that's why I'm so happy I have the other custodian with me at work because there's times, yeah, like say I go off and I'm doing this and this and this, and he says, "Why don't we just do this?" I go, "That's no fun." Which you know, we don't get to you know buy a bunch of stuff and build, but this is simpler. Well, yeah. So what's your point? Um, but he does where's, keep me. Where's grounded. the challenge? That's 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 the thing. Our brains, we want that challenge. Yes, I know. We do, and it's uh, well. That's just like. Uh, uh, everything comes back to the Big Bang Theory. There's that episode of the Big Bang Theory where they, Penny says something to them about helping her put together an IKEA bookshelf or entertainment center or something, you know. And then they get into talking about putting the cooling system in it for the home theater to make sure they're properly cooling it. If she puts in a, you know, what kind of, you know, oh, you don't want to do this because then this will make noise and you don't want the vibration and you know. And she's just really, guys, I got it. <laughs> she's putting it together. Well, let's put it this way. Rube Goldberg is a hero of mine. So, yeah, why simplify things? It can be a lot more entertaining when you start doing all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. It it can be way more entertaining when you Rube Goldberg anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But speaking of iOS, you guys made me think of something that I didn't even bring up beforehand in the show. Um, I still have my original Gen iPad, and I still use it occasionally. And I actually use it as a streaming media uh, device. I hook it to some of the televisions upstairs because I know Elisa and I both have tube TVs, uh, and I have it, and I can plug it in using the thirty-pin connector into one of the televisions upstairs and stream to it. But I read where they're going to you or not YouTube. Uh, what well, is YouTube? But Google's discontinuing the support for the YouTube app on that version of iOS five point. Five five or whatever it is, the last version I could put on that uh, device because it wouldn't go to six. So they're discontinuing it. So I'm going to be screwed trying to do it that way, which really sucks. Do you guys ever keep any old tech around that it pisses you off when something like that happens? My husband has his has my iPad original, and he hasn't turned it on in about two years. Uh-huh. It's still it's still sitting there. He he could care less. Oh, he doesn't. He just doesn't care. Well, I've got my uh, uh, iPad or iPod uh, Touch. That is what generate. It's fourth. a gener- Yours is yeah. the fourth. Yeah, because we're up to fifth now. I, yeah. I, I've lost. Yeah, so it, and that'll only go to is it 
six, I think, on there. Yeah, but you could download the YouTube app on that, so you're still safe there. Okay. You're yeah, still yeah. safe. All I right. can't. I can't okay. get into uh, into that. Now, I now you can still go in. You can go to the website and and use the mobile player that comes up if you go from a mobile device to YouTube, um, and that'll still work, which is okay. I, you know, I'm not going to complain. That'll work fine. But it just kind of sucks that they're removing. I mean, why do they have to remove it? What's wrong with it? I couldn't read anything that sounded valid to me. Right. I suppose, um, you know, there's always security, and I suppose they don't want to have to be respond. You know, if they were to keep it around and support it, and they didn't patch the security on it, and something happened, they would be liable because, you know, um, you know, lawyers, you know, um, and, you know, we, uh, we get to our one of the other stories I brought up tonight, and we'll talk more about lawyers and, and things like that. You know, and they're always trying to protect. And I understand that's why lawyers are there is to protect their, their clients or whatever. But, you know, sometimes I think some of this stuff is just a little over the top as far as being too um, too concerned about some things. And I, I'm guessing that's part of it. Um, uh, and if they didn't keep it up, uh, update the app that version of the app, there would be people that would be angry or something. There's any potential things. So I suppose I see why they do it, but it does kind of suck that it's there. Why do they just not let it go? And yeah, I, it just drives me crazy. Like I said, again, it's not a huge negative experience. It might be a reason for me to buy another Roku to use upstairs. <laughs> so so there, there's a certain advantage to it, but it was always nice to be able to just plug that in and stream. Uh, it, and I should, and now that you mention that, because I heard it and I never thought about it. And I, I have my Google TV back here that I talk about, and I should turn it on and use it because I've been doing other things. I have to wonder if maybe, I don't know if that's, that is, I don't know if the YouTube app is going to be updated on that Google TV because they've quit, uh, they've discontinued that. And I think they're discontinuing support for it too. Yeah. So I might be SOL. Yeah, I think you are because I think it said that, um, there were certain gens of that that were being right. were being discontinued. And they were taking away support, and I think you have one of the earlier ones, don't you? I think I do. Yeah, I think the third generation will keep support. First was gone, and I can't remember whether the second did or not. Right. So if you're second, you might be on the fence. But it is mm. kind of a pisser that they're they're doing that. Mm. But I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I understand right. that. Right. So you know. I don't know. It still bugs me that it's like, damn it. <laughs> I mean, that's the one of the benefits to Apple Tech is that stuff runs forever. You know, I've got an original fifth gen iPod upstairs that gets used every single day. It's in my iHome clock radio. I listen to my pod certain podcasts as I go off to sleep at night, and it's perfect. And it works great for that. The battery won't stay up very long on it. That's why I don't use it in any other way. But I mean, again, this thing is from. 2006, I think, you know, it was the very first iPod that ever played video, whenever the hell that was. Oh, I've got that one. Yeah, it's a great device. But, I mean, that's, and I used to carry that back and forth to work with me every day, and, and you know, that thing has, I have used and used and used and used that device. And you know what? Every night when I hit the sleep button, it cuts on, starts playing podcasts, and no mark. I'm not going to tell you what podcast it is. I know that drives you crazy. Um, but it it just plays, and it does yeah. perfectly. 
and I still have my, like I say, that uh, touch, uh, iPod touch, and I haven't used it lately. I do keep it around because it's a 32 gig. I can put a lot of music on there. And if I could find something, and that there's supposed to be headphones out there that you could hook two devices to. Because the one thing is, I don't want to be listening to music and maybe miss a phone call or some sort of a notification for email or something. So if I could get a set of headphones where I could have the phone connected and I would hear the stuff coming from there and be able to take phone calls on and still use my touch because I could only get or only afford the 16 gig uh, iPhone. So if I was to have the be able to use the touch for music and podcasts and that other stuff and just ha- be able to use both of them, I still would be using that. But um, uh, like I say, I keep it around. But um, yeah, it is kind of frustrating that they don't keep up the older or. The, they don't have to keep it up, but why kill some of that stuff? Can't you set up vibration notifications? Yeah, but I keep it down in my that uh, holster on my uh, so on my hip. You feel won't feel it. it. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be like an earthquake going off, and everybody would be feeling it at that point. I think there's some electrodes that we could hook to that and hook to some portion of your anatomy so that it would send an electrical shock to you. Yeah, and then somebody would get a hold of that, and they'd just be sitting there going, bleh, 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 and watch me. <laughs> I was going to say, then I want to get the, the code to that. <laughs> well, I, I I have made a suggestion to some of the teachers at the school that some kids be equipped with remote-controlled shock collars, but then I spend all my time just replacing batteries and the remotes because the teachers would be sitting there going, bleh, 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 bleh. Well, Kevin's got to find a way to do it over over the over internet. Yeah, oh, you know, over over Wi-Fi or something, so you could be sitting in your house. Poor Mike's. Mike's wife. Mike's wife texted me and said, "Hit him." Oh, good lord! This may not end well. It makes me think of cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. We talked about having to have that plate replaced in his head because he said every time Catherine revved up the microwave, he pissed his pants and forgot who he was for thirty minutes. Oh, that's too bad. Okay, folks, we need to we, we're 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 degrading. Not that that's a bad thing always, but we are degrading. But Mike brought up an interesting topic that he and I traded something about. Where I totally think the article that I linked to is in Wired, and I'll put a link to the Wired article in the show notes. Corporate America, I think, has finally jumped the shark. They want to put digital rights management in our vehicles, and not only that. But they were taught John Deere tractor, which is a huge tractor manufacturer mm-hmm. in the United States, and they make pieces of equipment that cost upwards of half a million dollars. The last time I bothered to look at some of the prices for combines and things like that. Oh yeah, they're they're making these things to the poor farmer that buys us, who's gone poor because he bought the damn thing, <laughs> you know, right. mortgaged everything, and he can't even work on the thing. What well, the hell? Yeah, I know. Well, first of all, I want to. I think I became aware of it because of our mutual friend uh, Steve Sheridan. Uh, is where I first saw it. he put the Twitter post up there, and I I, I read that, and I kind of lost my ever loving shit here. Um, well, first of all, for the if there's anybody here who doesn't you know know about my background, I grew up on a farm. I farmed for eleven years, and we still own the family farm, although we're not actively farming. But so I have a connection to farming, and we and again my tractors ran the same way that my computer. Do I had no loyalty, but uh, we do did have a John Deere tractor on uh, at on the farm at home, and okay, a couple things about farmers. First of all, we're firstly independent group. Um, uh, my folks during the seventies was part of an organization that tried to get farmers to get together to 
uh, bring their produce together to set a price so they could set their own prices for product. And that was like pulling teeth on elephants because they didn't want any of this commie stuff and they didn't want, you know, people, you know, dictating things to them. So they can be very, you know, stubborn about things. And second of all, they tend to be a pretty frugal group because, um, you know, uh, back when I was doing it, and I assume it's still kind of the same way now, there's not a lot of money in farming because uh, I think when I was, uh, I quit farming in 1996, so that's 21 uh, or 94, 21 years ago. Um, the price of corn was like $7 a bushel. No, it was about $3 a bushel or somewhere in there. I think it's only up to about 4 or $5 a bushel, so adjusting for inflation. There's not a lot of money there. So you have to make your money where you can. So one of the things that I always did and a lot of farmers still do is fix their own equipment. You would go out there, and if you needed to adjust the you know uh, the settings on something, or you needed to you know work on something, you you would do it yourself. And I did it quite a bit of it myself. Not necessarily well. I probably should have had a mechanic do it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know it was cheaper that way. So I did a lot of that work myself, and um, so you you did that to save money. And now. You know, modern equipment, like I say, some of it costs up to half a million dollars. And part of that is the technology that they're building into tractors and combines and stuff. And there is a, uh, uh, a, a movement. There's actually at the, uh, the um, Lake Area Tech where I graduated from, because I, I went there for, at the time, the course was called uh, Production Ag, teaching you how to be a better farmer. Well, now they have a course there called um, Precision Ag, which is about um, – trying to use a technology to make farming profitable. Because when I was farming, we would go, let's say we would go out and fertilize a field. We would set the fertilizer spreader at one rate, and we would go across the whole field. Well, the field, there would be some good spots, low spots where you could raise a good crop, and there would probably be a gravel knoll out there where you couldn't even raise cane if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> and so the idea of precision farming is you um, – you soil map the field, you use GPS, you use all modern technology. So as you're going along, you can adjust the rates of the fertilizer on the field. So when you get to a good spot, you'll put more fertilizer on there because your, you know, cost of rate, uh, your return on investment is going to be higher there because you have better stuff. And then when you get up on the knoll, you're not going to put so much there because you're not going to get much out of there. So, you know, the idea is to try and maximize profits while, you know, decreasing the amount of investment that you have to put into it. So this is all well and good, but it all depends upon technology. And now this is where, you know, digital rights management rears its ugly head. Um, and again, this is where I was making reference to the lawyers uh, in part because John Deere, and that's a company I really respected because during the farm crisis of like the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of uh, farm companies that went belly up. A bunch of them merged and joined and all this other stuff. But John Deere stayed pretty strong. Um, they didn't have to get any government bailouts. They, you know, they, uh, and they kept growing and they were good. They were about one of the few companies that, you know, survived pretty much unscathed the whole farming crisis. And so I have a lot of respect for them. But now, you know, they, the technology in there that is theirs so you may physically own the tractor but you are uh, not allowed to do what you want with it you know kind of like as computer people we've kind of run into that where you know with the software you may technically own this physical copy of the uh, software but that doesn't belong to you you're getting a license uh, to use the software you're not you know you don't you don't in some cases you don't necessarily have the right to uh, you know, sell it to somebody or to do what you want with it. There's limits on there. You, know, you read your EULA, your end user um, agreement. And so now farmers are starting to realize that if they want to go in there 
and work on their tractor, they have to have special software, special hardware, special connectors to hook to plug into it. Propri- all this proprietary stuff uh, meant to keep them out of there and meant to bring have the dealership. Uh, service people come out and work on it because then you know it pays for this uh, uh, the service people's salary you know all this other stuff and so the farmer is um, you may own it but you can't get in there and fiddle with things and do anything um, on the technical level where it's really going to make a difference you can change the tires and things like that but anything where you want to get in there and change a setting or maybe try to tweak things and modify it because you know as a geek that would be something I would be doing I wouldn't be allowed to do it because that part of the tractor is not mine to own i may have paid um you know i don't know what the going tractor for a uh, price for a tractor is nowadays but i'm sure it's uh upwards uh, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars depending upon the size of the tractor you get you can't get in there and do anything that you want with the tractor because the company uh, and the lawyers won't let you because they are worried about you know their profitability, their software. Somebody getting in there and fiddling with things, and and, and I read that. And, and that, if you can't tell, I'm pissed off, just because you, farmers are just you know an independent group. We're you know, um, and to have this part taken away from us and say no, you're not allowed to do that, just royally pisses me off. And 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 you know they they're carrying it even further. I mean. We're, we're talking about John Deere here, but they were. It, I think the article mentions two or three car companies that are doing the same mm-hmm. damn thing. It's like, get your hands out of my damn car, people. I, it's bad enough what cars cost nowadays. I mean, it's ridiculous what a vehicle costs nowadays. Right. I mean, I, I looked at a. I was thinking about buying a new truck. It cost almost as much as the first damn house I bought. <laughs> like, right. Come on, this is stupid. Right. And I said, you know what? Fine, I'm not buying a new truck. Well, and, you know, I realize the day of, like, shade tree mechanics is, you know, going away. Uh, because, And I realize that not everybody is kind of the same way when it comes to computers. When we uh, started in computers, I didn't build it, my own computer, but I worked on computers. I've done the software. I've done all that kind of stuff. And But, you know, those days are going away because nowadays people don't want to have to get into the guts of the computer. They want to be able to turn it on and use it. Kind of the same way with their cars. They don't want to have to go out there, you know, are people that don't change the oil um and I've kind of gotten to the point where it's just easier for me to take the uh, car someplace and have the oil changed because they get rid of the oil they deal with all that stuff and you don't have to hassle but you know it's getting to the point where uh if you wanted to you know get into the car and start modifying it you can't anymore because you know back when I was growing up or you know when we were growing up it was a thing that you take a car and you modify it and you fiddle with the carburetor and maybe you take off your stock carburetor and you know maybe take off that stupid uh, rotten chester quadra junk that Chevy's uh, came with and put a holly carburetor on there or something and tweak it and you put dual exhaust on it and you know you do it <laughs> and Kevin's got is nodding eagerly with this evil grin on his face and you know uh, that kind of stuff, and that was and I'm not a big gearhead but I've done a few things like that you change the spark plugs you mess around with things probably screw things up learn a lesson or two yep. along the way yeah but you know nowadays it's kind of like you know you plug a, this thing into your car and you go okay you know and you, and you may not even be able to do that uh, anymore you know or they're going to limit what you can do and it's just um and i get it it's the convenience and everything but uh, it just seems like one more you know 
you know, we're, we're living in America here, people. We got freedoms, and it just seems like one more got taken away from us just for the sake of convenience. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's for your own good. You really don't know what you're doing, so we're just not going to let you do that. And it's that kind of condescending tone, that and the fact that, like I say, they're protecting their profitability, which up to a point, I understand, but not at my expense, please. Mike, is it any different than Apple saying that you can no longer change the RAM in your computer? Yeah. That you know, we, you know, you have to buy, you have to buy the computer what you yeah. think you're going to want at the end of the day in because essence, you can't change it. Yeah, in essence, I mean, yeah, it's that sort of same, the sort of that same mentality that, and I understand it. We're more consumers than there are the tinkerers now, so that's why Apple is doing it, and you know that's fine. Uh, and you know the thing is, if that bugs me too much, I don't have to buy Apple as long as I have a, you know an alternative. It does kind of bug me because I do like Apple products, and if it really bugs me, I can go out and do a hackintosh yet until you know unless you know an Apple lawyer decides that we're going to shut that down, so you can't even do that. Then that would frustrate me. But, you know, if I really want to tinker, I can do, go the Hackintosh route. So that hasn't been taken away yet. It's kind of on, you know, dicey legal ground if Apple ever wanted to flex their uh, authority and say no. And I have the sneaking suspicion that uh, Apple looks at it as a cheap form of R&D because there's a lot of people who do a lot of things to make it work. So, And I uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody at Apple looking at these forms, gleaning little bits of information out of there. But, um yeah, it, app, and that, that's why I'm a little bit frustrated with Apple because, yeah, you could buy a, or the thing is a takeaway an option. The, the whole Mac Mini thing is really kind of frosted my behind because you they had a decently powerful um, you know Mac Mini there with a – you could get up to an i7 quad core in there, and you could put the memory in there. You could do a few things, not – you know um, – you could replace the hard drive if you want. It was more of a harrowing experience, but you could do it if you wanted. But you know, now the new Mac Mini, they downgraded it, so you don't even have an option. If they would have said, here's an entry level, you can do this. But if you want a more powerful one, they, don't even, they didn't even give you the option. It's like, this is what you're going to get. And, uh, and I looked at Apple and said, well, you're not going to get my money for a Mac Mini. Um, because I was almost thinking about replacing uh, my MacBook when uh, the time comes with a nice little Mac Mini, uh, but with uh, just a dual core. Uh, do they have an i7 in the new one, or is it an yeah. i5? It, it is a, an i7. It is dual core i7. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's a dual core. Uh, you have to yeah pick your RAM before you get it. It's not like you can buy it and oh, because uh, like my son is uh, he and I, I I'm starting to covet his because he's got a the older style Mac Mini i7 and he's got I think eight gigs in it and he wants to take it out and put sixteen gigs in it and run virtual machines on there. But um, yes, Kevin, you you would love my son. Uh, well, I love my son too. Uh, and it was his birthday <laughs> yesterday, so. so yes, so he turned twenty five yesterday. Uh, uh, daddy moment here. But anyway, uh, yeah, and he's got that, and I covet it. And I almost he's not using it right now. I almost want to make him an offer to you know buy it because it's a nice machine, but. You it's make just, him an offer. He can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any horses handy, and I don't know if he'd get the reference or not. Uh, and now we're just talking to a Godfather moment there. Um, but um, yeah, and but it's just the fact that, uh, and I understand. I guess I like options, and with, when it came to the Mac Mini, there is no option there. This you either go out and buy an, an old one, and the prices of those things are going up because. Um, or you take this thing here, and well, you're you're going to be happy with it. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just bugs me. 
I, I don't like to be compl- I you know I don't like to tinker all the time, but when I want right. to tinker, I want to be able to tinker. Yes, that's that's my problem. But you know, right. and I have to go to my Zen place. You know, right? Uh, oh, Mari Padmio. Serenity now. Yeah, <laughs> serenity now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to you know. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than have a frontal lobotomy. There you uh, go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and we get the uh, we'll air our grievances. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, but uh, anyway, so I think I, I agree with you hundred percent. I you know right. I, I I don't think that taking things away. I mean, I did used to tinker on my vehicles when I was younger. I just lost interest in doing it. I remember mm-hmm. crawling up under the hood of my pickup truck, sitting on the fender well, going, "What the hell does this do?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when you could actually fit in there, because we had a 70 Chevy pickup where I could sit inside the engine, and I could actually see the engine. Um, yeah. uh, the the Ford minivan that my daughter is driving, now, I was never convinced there was an engine in there, because you have all the hoses and everything else in there. I never, you know, uh, and I don't do the mechanical work anymore, so I never actually saw the engine, because I opened the hood, and all you see is hoses and filters and you know and all this other stuff and you know so i'm sure there's an engine down in there i just haven't seen it and that that's saying something when you haven't seen the engine in your vehicle i can't find the engine in my nissan either mm-hmm. i know it's in there somewhere but it's you know it's a, it's a small one so i've been looking i've had it for six years a little off topic you know what my first yeah. car was my very first car what? was a 1970 plymouth fury Ooh, nice. Ooh, yeah. V- V8 engine. I think it was a 418. Does that make sense? 418 cylinder? I think that I have 418 cubic inches. I think that's yeah. right. Well, there's a 318. There was a 460. That was a big honker. 460 was a Lincoln, though, I think. Oh, maybe it was. I, I called my car tank. <laughs> As you yeah. should. Hey, all fairness, my very first car, Lisa, was a 1969 Buick Wildcat. It comfortably sat nine people, um, and my friends all made fun of me when I bought the car. But when everybody wanted to go someplace, who did they ask to drive? Kevin, yes. you're our friend. I said, okay, help me fill up the 30-gallon gas tank it's got on it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But it, exactly. And it had a 430-cubic-inch V8 engine in it. So okay. this, thing was, this thing was huge, but I picked it up on a Saturday. And I was going out with my boyfriend that night, who's now my husband. I don't know why, because he looked. I said, "I'll drive." He took one look at me and just started laughing because at that time I was really small, like thinner, and I'm short. So I had to wiggle, wiggle, wiggle to move over to open up the door, the passenger <laughs> side door, because they didn't have electric anything. You had to manually oh, yep. pop open the door. Yep, yep. No, I'm on wrong. the bench on the bench seat, I had my AM/FM converter. Yes. Oh my, yes. Then eventually I moved up to an 8-track tape. Oh. Yep. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. I uh well that car of mine was so big that on the front seat I could stretch out and almost lay flat. My head and part of my shoulders were up on the door a little bit, but at five, at, at just under 5 foot 11, I could stretch out across the front seat of that car. Mm-hmm. And I slept a couple nights in that car, and it was very comfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I'll finish the trifecta of cars here. Uh, mine first one was a 69 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Uh, two-door, 
Yep. And I've always had a fondness for Oldsmobile. God rest their heart. Um, or God bless their soul, whatever, because they've, they've since passed now. Uh, but I've always had a, a weakness for that. And I always, uh, my dream car would be an Oldsmobile uh, 442, which had the spoiler and, you know, and all that stuff and bucket seats. And it had the center console in there. And, um, and you know, it, and it had a 350. Um, um, uh, engine in it, you know, standard GM 350, you know, tank of an engine. Uh, but yeah, that was my first car and the frame was sprung. So one side was always a little higher than the other and I tried to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so the price is cheap. So yeah. Well, uh, my very first car you would like, or not my first car, one of the, uh, another car I had, Mike, you would like, I had a Buick Regal. It was a 78, it was a V6. It was a, uh, forget, um, uh, I can't remember the size of the engine, but it was a it was the big V6. It had a turbocharger and a four barrel carburetor sitting on top of the V6. And the, <laughs> my favorite part, and it had the hood scoop on it for the turbocharger to sit on top of the engine. And my favorite part was is you push down on the gas needle, the gas pedal, and the turbocharger gauge kicked in and went like left to right. The gas needle went right to left <laughs> to me. <laughs> Yes, I was going to say the gas gauge and the speedometer raced each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was this was the turbo gauge because it had a speedometer and a oh. turbo gauge, so it could show you what stage the turbocharger was in when you kicked it in. <laughs> so it's like money, more money, break your ass. So <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, so we we took a trip down memory lane there. Sorry, folks, it happens when you get old geeks together and one medium geek. So we'll give Elisa the mediums tag. Oh, thank you. So, um, but Elisa had something fun that she did this week too. She tried on something. <sighs> a couple of weeks ago, I went to the mall where there's an Apple store, and I got there early. So I started walking around a little. I didn't go specifically for the Apple store. I went to do some shopping, and I got to the mall early. So I walked around, and it was about five minutes of ten. And I said, well, "I'm outside the Apple store." I said, "Let me take a peek at the the Apple Watch. See what they look like." And the doors open and the concierge is there. And I said, I just want to look at the Apple Watch. And he goes, you want to try one on? I said, well, sure. If, if I can. I said, if not, it's no big deal. And he goes, yeah, sure. So he calls somebody over. And uh, well, I tried on the watch. And it was weird because I wasn't in the right frame of mind. So I really wasn't asking the questions I should have been asking because I was there for, I was at the mall for another reason. I wasn't there specifically to try on watches. So, but it it was nice because she pulls out, you know, she says, okay, which one would you like? You okay there, Kevin? Sorry, I nuked on the water. (laughs) (laughs) He's turning red and grabbing his chest. We were worried for a second there. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Go ahead. No problem. As long as you're okay. So she said, did you have anything in mind? I said, yeah, I want to try on the cheapest one. I said, because if I do end up buying this eventually, it's going to be the cheapest one, the sport band. So I tried on the white one. And they a lot of what other people have said is true. They open up the drawer, they pull it out, and they put it on a, on a little, um, like one of those little jeweler squares with a nice cloth on it. Now, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but someone said when they went to the Apple store, they weren't allowed to take the watch on and off themselves. The Apple person had to do it. Not for me. She put it on me. And then she said, now you do it. Take it off and put it back on. I said, okay. And it was a little difficult, but it's kind of like if you've ever put a bracelet on, like a Pandora bracelet, 
they're they're hard to put on by yourself. So you basically you're holding your body you against your body because the band has like three little holes, and then there's a knob. So you're putting the strap around your wrist and you're holding it against you and you're pushing that little hole onto the knob. I've had stuff that works like that before. You know, to put it on, and then yeah. she was showing me, you know, the how 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 you change the watch face, how you open up your apps, how you um, nothing that I could do because it was all uh, prearranged. You know, it's already got like a little demo in the watch, so it wasn't anything that I could say. Well, let me try this or let me try that for my own purposes. But she just said, here's the watch. Here's how you change the watch face. This is how you can talk into it. This is how you receive a phone call. She was, you know, really, you know, I said, well, I'm not really in the market right now. No problem. Keep looking around. If you want to have another try on, come back. You can try it on. I thought she had to make appointments to try it on. That's what was on. Um, I think you, you can, but that's why I wasn't expecting anything. So when he, the store was, it was quiet. It was 10 o'clock when it first opened. So they had nobody right there, you know, nobody waiting for an appointment. There were other people in the store, you know, doing other things. So they said, sure, go ahead. Now, two hours later, when I was walking back as I was leaving the mall, place was just wall-to-wall people. Oh, okay. Which is normal. Right. My, my Apple store is always mobbed, so I was surprised there was only about 10 people in the store when I walked in. Yeah, the, the one I use a lot uh, in Reston, Virginia, if you get there early in the mornings, like I've gone a couple times, it's not too crowded. Um, but yeah, they, it does tend to get mobbed and it's not one that's in a mall. It's in a, uh, the rest in town center for anybody that knows what I'm talking about. It's just a, a shopping area an office area where it's just, you know, it's like a, the old time. It's a shop on a street. You just walk into the store off the street. I've been there. Oh, you've been to that one? Not to that store, but to, I've been to the Reston mall. Okay. This is, this is in Reston town center right down there. It's actually right across from the movie theater. And as opposed to if you go to the very first Apple store there ever was, which is in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, that was the very first one. There's a video online, folks, if you want to see Steve Jobs walking around talking about, you know, Apple's first retail store. And that's where I bought my first brand new, and I say it that way, my first brand new Mac came from that store, which was kind of cool. I like that idea. Got my first Mac in the first Apple retail store. So my first new Mac, I should say. And you see, I've only been to one Apple store, and that was in the Mall of America in Minneapolis, because that is our nearest Apple store. That's five hours away. Uh, Yeah, South Dakota, North Dakota, and I think Montana are the only states that do not have an Apple store uh, at all in them. Uh, I might be – I I know those – I know North and South Dakota, and I don't think Montana does either. Uh, and there might be one or two others. But, yeah, so we don't have one. So, uh, you know, I hear all these great stories about Apple stores. I'm going, you know, I wish. Um, you know, so, you know, pardon me while I just sit over here and, you know, weep. But, I, you know, uh, I have experienced the Apple store, you know, once. So I, I can at least say that. But it is a little, you know, frustrating. And, you know, maybe someday they'll get something. It would be nice if they got one down in Sioux Falls. That's the big city in South Dakota here. Uh, that's only about two hours away. That wouldn't be so terrible. We do go down there once in a while, but and I understand you put it where the people is at. But yeah, and I mean Reston's a huge place, and you're right on the edge of of uh, the nation's capital, so you know mm. it gets a ton of traffic. It's it's not, right. but even that one from home to there is probably oh what is it sixty seventy miles from my house to that store, and that's the closest one for me. Wow, this one's ten minutes from me. We mm. hate you. The yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I like what I like about the Apple store is there's never any pressure. 
Nobody ever says to you, well, do you want it or not? You're wasting my time. You know, you can ask questions and questions and questions and they just answer and answer and, you know, anything else I can get for you? Well, I'm not really sure if I'm in the market yet. Okay, take your time, look around. If you have any other questions, let us know. I've yeah. never felt any pressure yeah. or wasting anybody's time. So yeah. that's that's the nice thing. And I've been to a few different Apple stores across the country because every time we go somewhere, I like to stop in. My husband's not too happy with me. But I'll say, <laughs> like when we, were, when we were in Chicago, I said, there's the Apple store. Come take my picture. And, then he's, <laughs> and, he, and he's just like, really? Well, <laughs> I, yes. I, I would like to go in the Fifth Avenue store just because of the way it looks. I, if I ever decide to go back to New York. I don't know if I can ever go back to New York, but oh, if I love ever New York. love I New York ever, City, it scares me, and not because oh. of the people. the 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 concrete canyon effect is what scares me about cities like that. That bugs me that I have to look up to see the sky. I'm sorry. Now I've been to Boston. Boston doesn't bother me. I like Boston, and uh, other I've been to Milwaukee. Same way that doesn't bother me. Charlotte, North Carolina, other cities, but New York City is just like go away. <laughs> One of my favorite places to go. But uh, no, so well, that's pretty cool though that you were able to just to walk in and try one on because I know I've seen a lot of people. Our mutual friend Allison uh, and and Steve Sheridan ta- uh, tweeted out their uh, or not tweeted out they periscoped I guess it was their try on session and that right. was the first time I had seen the uh, unlocking thing that they do on the drawer to bring the watches out that point of sale device that they pass over it to, mm-hmm. to open which that. That actually was cooler than the watch for me. <laughs> and the notifications, they have that, uh, what do they call it, the tap, tactic? Tap, 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 They have, if you look, you flip the watch over, you see these little dots. And what it does is it gives you like a little, I don't want to say a shock, but you get like this little, I don't know, this little tap on your wrist. Just enough to know that something's going on, but not enough to make you go, oh my God, you know, like to scare you or anything like that. And I forget exactly what she did. She did something that during the demo was supposed to give me that little touch. And I thought, oh, that is so cool. Because it's just enough without being disruptive. Well, see, that's what Mark's afraid of. If he gets one and I get an Apple Watch, is that I'll start doing things to him with the Apple Watch. So Much like we discussed with Mike and having the little shot collar put on Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we all, what's what we all need to get the watch so we can send Mark send Mark our heart. There we go. And Mike, you're muted, by the way, if you're talking. Yes, you're muted. I see your lips moving. I still see your lips moving. Hey, do, did you hear about Mike, Elisa? Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Okay, I hit the wrong key combo here. Okay, I <laughs> muted myself. Way to go, Einstein. No, I was going to say... Um, and this is I, the guy that wants to work on his tractor. No, yeah, really. No, yeah. no. Yeah, I push. You don't let me in a nuclear facility. I pushed the wrong button there. Um, no, I put a tweet out there. I thought it was great, but the problem is, uh, uh, living in the town that I do, I would have to explain so much to people that they wouldn't get the joke. But I had this idea that, or uh, I, I had this idea for the next if then 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 that uh, recipe that they can use for the Apple Watch. Uh, if grandpa's heart stops send out an uh email to the lawyer to have the will read right away <laughs> yeah and they have to explain that to people in this town first they will they might understand the apple watch but then they go what's if then then that and then they have to explain the whole thing it was just uh but i did get it did get retweeted um uh, at least once that i know of and then uh mark shepherd uh commented on it so it got a, a little traction there but you know i just found that kind of funny and i don't know <clears throat> 
I guess I, I guess I wouldn't mind. Well, first of all, this is a guy that you know I've never met a gadget I didn't want to own. But yeah. there's just something about the Apple Watch, and I guess what? Well, first of all, you know we were talking about how Apple is starting to make choices for the consumers. Um, that so Apple is kind of. Uh, irritated me a little bit with some of that stuff. And then when they introduced uh, the Apple Watch, and then they put that Apple app on my phone, and I've complained about it here. Uh, and as far as I can tell, it's the most expensive app on the App Store because you have to spend a minimum of $350 to make it work, and you can't make it go away. Uh, and I guess that's the part that's kind of irritated me. But maybe if I got a watch on, I would it would seduce me and it would draw me into its web there and I'd go, oh, Mike, you want to buy this? Thing? You know, so I'm pretty sure I would get sucked in like dirt into a Hoover. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't didn't know. buy it. No, no. But I just I'm just afraid that if I do, you know, because I do I do wear a watch. Um, I have no problems with that. It's not the watch thing that bothers me. And I do, and like I said, the way I, uh, the way I work, I have my phone on my hip. And sometimes when the, like, uh, an important uh, email, a school email comes in or uh, they text me from the office that something needs uh, attention, I would like to be able to just look at my wrist and see what it is, not have to pull my phone out. Um, so there is uh, some practical, not $350 worth minimum of practical applications for the Apple phone. But um, So there is some things I would like for it, but it's just uh, maybe I'll just get over my whole frustration. Like I say, it, part of it was just, well, and uh, they had what I called it their spring cleaning event. They called it spring ahead. I called it spring cleaning because it, it was like they looked in their closet and go, hey, you know, we got these three things laying around. Let's just have an announcement here because it was the Apple Watch, the uh, Apple TV, and then the new uh, the new MacBook. Um, so they just kind of rolled those three things out, and I'm kind of looking at this whole announcement and. Uh, I was just I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Um, Apple TV, ooh, thirty dollar price cut, nothing new there. Apple Watch can't afford it, and MacBook, you know, I guess for a certain section of people that has its place. Um, I still think I'm a power user. I don't know if I use it that much, um, but so I don't know if that would you know necessarily appeal to me. So there is probably a place for that, but it, to me it was just kind of three somewhere between in, somewhat interesting to kind of meh announcements, and so I was just kind of in a bad mood anyway. So Apple Watch, we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a wait and see on the Apple Watch. I don't I I don't see where it fills a need for me. Um, I do. I do the MacBook is interesting, but I don't know. It's I don't know if it quite fits how I would want to use it because I can't see where it's going to do anything better than what my iPad does for me. My iPad Air does everything I need it to, and I can use whatever keyboard I want with it. So because mm-hmm. I really wasn't. I mean, while the engineering feat with those new butterfly switches, hey, great. It doesn't mean that much to me because, frankly, the wireless keyboard I have that has the old style switches, as they say in it. The old Apple wireless keyboard, I like it. I'm good with that. <laughs> MacBook's getting great reviews, and yeah. I think the target market is really people who who are not like us, people who just maybe want to surf the web a little bit, read their email, or the person who has to bring it to and from work, right. or right. the student, kind of like the MacBook Air. Right. Yeah, it would it would be the perfect device. I can see that exactly where it would work good for like a college student carrying it to and from class. Right. It's it's a it's the Mac experience with the Chromebook convenience, I guess is the best right. way to say it. 
or the road warrior that has his primary computer at home, but he needs to take something with him to type, uh, you know, a business paper. You know, you're, yeah, you're not going to play games on it. You're not going to do Photoshop or you know edit a movie on it. But if you need to like surf the web, bang out some um, you know office documents or you know something like that, then you just want something light to carry with you on the road. Yeah, I can see it. But and you know, I'm kind of the same place that Kevin is at. I'm trying to decide when it comes time to replace my MacBook here or my MacBook Pro, which will be, I think, next year because uh, it'll be five years old then. Do I want to go desktop or laptop? Do I really need a laptop? I'm starting to think for most things, the tablets I have fit that role. So do I really need a laptop? So I've got to sit there and, and decide that. And for some reason, um, I may have gone over to the dark side, but Windows 8 doesn't infuriate me. So I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea. <laughs> she shudders in fear and looks at me in disgust. Oh, horrible, uh, horrible, uh, horrible. Uh, it hasn't torqued me off because I, I've mentioned on the podcast before I got my 27-inch uh, HP computer over there. Um, and once I just decided to you know, embrace Windows 8 and, and just you know, not have the automatic revulsion, it doesn't bother me. I do kind of like the tile aspect of it, and there's certain things I like. So I wouldn't necessarily be opposed. And my son got, uh, I mentioned that too, he got a Surface Pro 2 the other day or a couple weeks ago and has been experimenting with it. And I've got that uh, Windows tablet I bought. I find things... There's some stuff to be said for it, but there's also things I like about my Mac. So uh, I'll well, be whining about that for the next year and all, I suppose. So. Well, that's okay. You've got something to whine about when Mark whinges about something else. So, well, there we go. And then Lisa, and Lisa can just jump in and smack us both in the head and, and be done with it. I'll use okay. my Apple Watch and send you a shock. There you go. <laughs> I'll get you the code so you can send it to Mike, too. You <laughs> oh, joy. I'll be twitching like a fish out of water. Mike will get up in the morning twitching it. <laughs> What's happening? And I'll be laying in I'll be laying in bed just going off. <laughs> I'll, I'll send I'll send him twitches on my commute into work because he's because as I'm leaving he's getting up or somewhere as close to there so. Yeah, it'll make trying to swab that toilet really interesting when there's the brush is just <laughs> flailing around. If you have the plunger, and all of a sudden the plunger will go flying across the bathroom. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Now, see, I've always tried to make a case because, you know, sometimes I, dealing with uh, people in general and in the public school system like this, I've always wanted to make a case for dumbass-induced Tourette syndrome where, honestly, Judge, I couldn't help hitting him because I have this condition that every time I'm around the dumbass, my arm just shoots out and automatically slaps him. So if you get the Apple Watch and I just start losing, vol- uh, you know, uh, uh, involuntarily throwing my arm out, I'll just give you a list of people when I get near them. You know, there's a case for uh, location awareness that when you are near this person then you could send me the tweet and it's my it's kevin he's making me hit this person repeatedly it's the stupid sensor that's yes i have god that burn one out i I have a dear friend that she she always told her daughter as she was growing up she said if you're gonna be stupid you gotta be tough (laughs) because (laughs) stupid hurts (laughs) oh so well, folks, I think that's where we'll call an end to the uh, jocularity that we've had this evening. I want to thank Elisa for coming on the show again. She's she she's gotten several thousand geek points, so she's in good shape. She her she's moving right up the rankings there. So I'm the winner. Yes, yes, Elisa is the winner. <laughs> well, at least over Mark, yeah, maybe right. not the ultimate winner, but yeah. well, the bar was set low. It's like trying to limbo over a. <laughs> A stick leg on the ground. There you go. <laughs> Was I just insulted? I don't no, no, know. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. 
That's we have a little is. point. We have a little point of entry here. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you're you're number one with a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, so why don't you tell the fo- good folks where they can find out more about you, Elisa, if they want to find out. They can get uh, my contact information on 3GeekyLadies.com, which is the podcast I co-host with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes. It's 3GeekyLadies with the number three spelled out. And I am uh, on Twitter at SenseiDai. Yes, and I encourage you to go over and listen to 3GeekyLadies. It's always interesting. I forget what episode. I'm a little behind, but I think I just listened to the one you all called it Podcaster's Choice, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm one or two behind, aren't I? Yeah, I think that was 62. Okay. So, but do do go over and have a listen folks. It's a good show and uh they they are always entertaining if nothing else to listen to. So, and and Elisa has become a good friend of our show. So, mm-hmm. we want to welcome her. She she you'll probably see her on here every now and again because uh, we need that female perspective and it helps. It's called it's called common sense, Mark. Yeah. I'm or not Kevin. Mark. Okay, I need a dose of something. I'm just losing my mind. So. <laughs> Wow, dude. It's a good thing I got my picture in picture there because I might have actually saw that. It's getting late here. People are getting a little punchy. Yeah. Uh, hey, you mean I'm number one? All you're, right. You're number one in my book right now. No, the way I prefer to say it is can you read between the lines? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me turn that up. Right? Uh, so, so, Mike, if. Anybody would care to figure out who the hell you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since you're even talking to me anymore. Um, No, I can be found on Twitter. And like I say, I throw out a few witticisms there every once in a while, sometimes accidentally. Uh, But I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman. uh, And I have an about.me page at about.me slash uh, Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Yes, and uh, please go over and have a listen to Sci-Fi Tech Talk because the other two hosts are great. They're not a jerk <laughs> like he is. <laughs> oh, good lord! I just entered Mark territory here. You're insulting me. I'm... Yeah, you're, you're you're catching the the venom there for that one. Uh, you called me Mark, though, you <laughs> asshole. The, <laughs> anyway, folks, if you want to find out more about me, you can go over to Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Uh, go over to twitter.com uh, forward slash big underscore in underscore va. Uh, if you want to go over to my about.me page, it's about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and find links to some other stuff I might have done or other names that I might have been called. Um, if you want to find out more about the show, you can go to geekiestshowever.com. Reviews and comments and iTunes are always welcome. So thanks, folks, for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. And please remember, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Or at least not Mike, anyway. <laughs> Ouch. Lisa Pacelli, Suze Gilbert, Vicki Stokes, women, savvy, geeks, three geeky ladies, technology from a female perspective.